0: Thank you, band. Don't they do a wonderful job? Yeah. All right. We're, uh, if you want to get out your, your message notes, I'm going to speak on, teach on something for the next few weeks that I don't believe, I've tried try to look back, and I don't believe I've ever taught on it at at North Point Church. Uh, and and it's, a, it's about parenting. And, uh. Parenting's tough work, isn't it? it? it's hard. I think it's probably the most demanding and challenging job a human being could ever have. Is being a a, a parent. <laughs> and uh, I found this study from from God's Word and and Rick Warren that I wanted to to share with you. And uh, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Parenting is so hard a process, I am not surprised it begins with something called labor. <laughs> it's tough. And it just gets harder after the labor. And what I found out now that I'm a parent of a 25 and a 21-year-old is about, about the time you get the hang of it, they're gone. They're, they leave. And uh, in this study that I was talking about, Rick Warren, he calls it a purpose-driven family. And so that's what I want to teach you about for the next probably couple of months is how to intentionally have a purpose-driven family. Now, I want to tell you, now, this is for anybody, not just for parents, not just for for, for grandparents. It's um because it, you can use these things to bring out the best in anyone, in anyone. And uh, we're just going to look at one of the principles today. I know i got two of them in your outline, but we're just going to go with one. I want to hang out on these uh, a good bit, so we're just going to look at the one. And um, and, and the reason that I wanted to teach this series and the reason I liked it so much is because, number one, families are in serious trouble today. They're in serious trouble today. They're stressed out. I talk to you guys. A lot of you guys are, are overloaded. You know, I, remember I spoke on margin a few months ago? You still have no margin. Some of you gotten better. I, I want to say that and I thank you for that. You just, when I talk to you, you're, you're, you're kind of like you're going from one event to another. Every time I talk to you, you got this over here and, and, and this over there. You just, there, there's, you got pressures inside and, and outside the family. And guys we didn't have some of these these pressures uh, uh, when when my kids were little and and some of you guys got lots of pressures going on and, and families need support and families are a big deal here at north point church we like our families you know you know the second reason is is involves folks that are not parents i want to tell you something if you're not a parent you need kids in your life. You need kids in your life. Studies have shown that if you don't have kids in your life, you grow older faster. You get hardening of the attitudes. <laughs> you get hardening of the attitudes. Guys, kids help us grow, kids teach us unselfishness. Whether you're married or not, it doesn't really matter. You need kids in your life, whether it's a niece or a nephew, kids in your, in, in your neighborhood, kids at church. Guys, you and me, we need multi-generations in our life, multi-generations. If you're only hanging around with generations in, 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 in your generation, in your circle, let me tell you what that is, boring. If you're only hanging around people your age, You're just boring, and your life is boring. Older and younger generations have a lot to teach you and I, a lot. And the Bible tells us that there's at least five principles that bring out the best in somebody else. And they're particularly important in bringing out what's the best in children. And the one I'm going to talk about today is this. Write this down. The very first principle in bringing out the best in your children is this accept their uniqueness completely. Accept their uniqueness completely. I've, I, I actually learned this from my wife, too. My wife has been a public school teacher for 20 something years, and, and, and I've watched. They, public school teachers get what they get sent for lack of a better way to put it. And 30 kids are unique. Every one of them are unique. They're not cookie cutter, amen? And and, and so we need to accept their uniqueness completely. You need to accept it. I need to accept it. This is the starting point for every one of us. Because when we can accept their uniqueness, uniqueness completely, It's recognizing their value. It's recognizing that child's individuality. Every child is different. And if you've got more than one raised under the same roof, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? They're different. They're different, raised under the same roof. And if they're different, they gotta be treated differently. Some people will tell you that you treat their kids the same. No. You got to be treated differently. God intentionally makes and made every one of us differently. And if we were all the same, it would be a boring world. It'd just be robotic. And God loves diversity. Just look down. Look down your row. At the people, He loves diversity. God don't make copies. We're not the same. We're all unique. Ephesians 2.10. Let me get mine out. Oh, yeah. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do before we were born, God prepared in advance what he wanted to do through you. For you to do through your life. A life of good work. Now, we could miss that plan. But we're custom designed. Uh, I, uh, I, I love the word he put in here, workmanship. You are a workmanship. Do you know what that means? You're a masterpiece. Do you get that? Your child is a masterpiece. He or she is exactly what God wanted, a work of art. Each child is a work of art. We're made different by God because there's, there's so many different things that, that he wants to be get done in the world, and it takes different folks. And if we all were the same and liked the same stuff, There'd be lots of things that wouldn't get done. I was sitting there thinking, I'm not like Drew and Sarah. For one, I don't want to leave a Dariusville. I had to go to Hiawassee last night and spend the night. And I've had folks ask, did you have a good time? No, I wanted to be home. I didn't even want to be in a Hawassee. The lake was nice, but I wanted to come home. I can't imagine me in Lebanon, and nobody speaks Rockmar. <laughs> but it takes all kinds. We're unique. We're different. Now, I can get behind him. I can send him money. I can, I can root him on. But I don't want to go. <laughs> I just don't want to go. Some of us are accountants. Some of us are are, are construction workers. Some of us are CEOs. Some of us small business owners. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 says, God works through different people in different ways. Guys, in parenting, you cannot treat your kids all the same. You can't treat your kids all the same. It just doesn't work. And I've read some parenting books where it says you've got to treat your kids the same. Well, there's a word for that, I believe. It's called dumb. It's it's dumb. Because what works with one kid doesn't work with another kid. We all react differently. Some kids, as I was growing up, responded to whoopings. I didn't. I wish my mom and dad would have found that a lot earlier. <laughs> I got a pile of them, but I didn't respond to it. <laughs> we all react differently. So to be a good parent, we got to treat each kid differently. They're all different, and it starts with accepting their uniqueness Completely. And that's one of the biggest jobs as we have as a parent is to help our kids recognize their own uniqueness. Amen? To recognize their own uniqueness. That, that they are originals. Originals. They are unique. Unique. You gotta help them see. That and, and, and that you gotta really help them see that they're not expected to be like anybody else. And that's tough in this world. Because in this world, we got two enemies to our uniqueness. And, and I got them wrote down and, and, and they fight our uniqueness. And, 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 and your children, they fight your children's uniqueness constantly. And these are the pressure to compare and the pressure to conform. Write those two enemies down in, in, in your blanks. These two enemies of, of uniqueness. And, and, and that you, as parents, as grandparents, as, 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 as bosses at work, as, as up and coming people, you're going to have to battle these constantly. you got to deal with it. And let's talk about comparing. I'm going to tell you guys, the pressure... To compare is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's all around. And, and I think it's worse today than it was 10 or 15 years ago, uh, uh, you know, when my kids were little. And you know why? Because now we got social media. Now we got social media, which is just one big, great comparison tool. you know, I give it to you like this. I give you a picture of my food, my plate of my food, I throw a picture of a plate of my food on there and somebody's going to come back with a better picture of a plate of their food on there. And pretty soon we're comparing plates of food. They got a cooler plate of food than you do. I take a picture of me having fun. I didn't take a picture of us fighting when we got out of the car. But I took a picture of us sliding down a slide. I didn't show you the one where my pants fell off. Thank you, Jesus, Amen. But we take a pic. We take we take the real big fun pictures, and then somebody else will take more pictures of them at the beach and compare their fun. Never mind if I turn around, my kids have stripes on their legs, where well, I just tore them up. <laughs> I mean, we've made comparing an in indoor sport, haven't we? Comparing's rough. It's constant comparison. We compare academics. I listen to the parents and. And, and and if I were honest, I got involved in it too. We can, we compare academics. What I mean by that, grades. We compare uh, uh, athletics. You know how skilled and coordinated you are. At one time in my life, you'd have thought Luke was going to be in the NFL and the and the USFL and the NBA. He didn't like baseball but he would have been in every pro sport there was. And we constantly compare athleticism. We compare appearance too, don't we? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The cuter she is, she's so cute. Oh, he's a pinker. Do you know he's going to be handsome? You know, we, we compare. We compare economic status. You know, we're... They got more money, she got more money, they got less money. You, you know, we compare lawns. We compare lawns, don't we? I'm t- you want to win, just compare yours to mine. Amen, I don't care. You know? If it just make you feel better, just come by, take a picture of mine say, "There's Jims, there's mine." <laughs> we compare popularity. We compare status. It's also one of the reasons I don't even even like IQ tests. The more I find out about them, I don't like them because they're comparative. Because now we know that there are 11 or 12 different kinds of intelligence. And and IQ tests just just rate one kind of intelligence. So I, I, I don't like them, and that's mostly verbal intelligence. But what about mechanical intelligence? What about musical intelligence? What about athletic intelligence? Artistic. I got some of them wrote. Relational intelligence. What that means is just some people know how to get along with people better than others. And incidentally, that's the skill that CEOs hire more often. Amen? That's the one. Not not the academics, but relations. It's how they get along. How how can they motivate people? There's numeric intelligence. I mean, it goes on and on. I know it's 11 or 12, but IQ tests only do one. Guys, you can have a low IQ and still go out and build a successful business. Because you have a different kind of intelligence. So what does God say about this idea of comparing? Uh, when, when he made us all unique. Look at Second Corinthians 10, 12. We do not dare to compare ourselves. It's what? It's foolish to compare. You and me, we need to understand this. And we need to teach our kids this. That it is foolish to compare. You should never compare your kids to anybody else's kids. Amen. Guys, and I want to tell you a secret. You should never compare your wife to somebody else's wife. Amen. You know what? That's dumb too, ain't it? You'll find that out without me telling you. Amen. And wives, don't compare your husband to anybody else's. Oh, so-and-so's husband can fix this. So-and-so's husband can do that. He washes her car. Well, Angie, he's not as studly as I am either. <laughs> I'm a little easier on eyes. You married me for my looks. I'm simply ornamental purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but never compare your husband's. Never compare your job to anybody else's. Never compare. Because God says it's foolish. We're all unique. Galatians 6, 4. Do your own work well, then you will have something to be proud of. But never compare yourself with others. Never compare yourself with others. Don't worry about what others are doing. Don't worry about keeping up. The Bible tells us there's only one legitimate kind of pride. And that's having done the best job that you could do. Do a good job. That's a legitimate kind of pride. But the moment you start comparing yourself to others, you've just sinned. You've just sinned. Don't compare. It's okay to be proud of a meal that you've just prepared. But when you begin to, to, to compare your meal to someone else's, you're just saying and it's foolish. But we live in a society of comparison. Kids come home from school and they've compared their clothes to other kids' clothes. When I was growing up, some of you guys ain't going to remember this, but everybody had Adidas shoes on. Everybody had Adidas. It seemed like except me. Well, there's four of us. Mama had four kids in five years. She couldn't afford a pair of Adidas shoes, for every one of us. And if one couldn't get them, wasn't none getting them. I wanted some Adidas shoes so bad. My first check from the Air Force, you know what I bought me? A pair of Adidas shoes. My very first check. Guess what I found out? They wore just like them other ones. I don't believe I've ever since bought another pair of Adidas since then. They were the war just like the other ones. And I began to fit in with everybody else because I had a pair of Adidas shoes on. It was almost like I wasn't unique anymore. I was like everyone else. Which kind of leads into the other thing we fight: his com- parents conforming. I was conforming. I had become part of the Adidas community. I was conforming. You know what conforming is, basically? People-pleasing. When you conform to the world, you're you're just just people-pleasing. And and I'm going to tell you something. When you're more worried about what other people think than what God thinks about you, you're conforming. You're conforming. Conforming is is nothing but the pressure to be like someone else. I want to look like that. I want to look like that person on TV. But the Bible says that conforming is a trap. Proverbs says the fear of man is a snare. And and the moment I start worrying about what other people think about me, I'm dead in the water. I'm trapped. I'm ineffective. And when I worry about what people think about me, people have become my God. People have become my God. Mm. And then they start molding and and shaping my life. Guys, I want to let you in on a little secret. You don't need other people's approval to be happy. You are as happy as you choose to be. It's your choice. (coughs) If you're not happy, blame yourself. Blame yourself. Happiness is a choice. You don't need other people's approval. Some of you are still trying, uh, uh, even today, to get your parents' approval, even if you're 50 something years old, 60 something years old. You're still trying to get your parents' approval. They may be dead now. And you're still trying to get their approval. You're still trying to prove yourself to them. Guys, you don't need it, you don't need their approval. You don't need it to to live a happy, fulfilled life. You just don't need it to live a purpose-driven life, to live a godly life, to live a successful life. So we got to stop teaching our kids to compare and to conform. It's dumb. It's dumb to keep on letting them compare and conform. guys here's here's the thing I think start with compare because chances are if you don't compare then you don't conform start with compare Romans 12 2 oh where am I says do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world but let God transform you inwardly by changing how you think By changing how you think, you see, that's the world's value system. The world's value system is status. The world's value system is sex. The world's value system is is salary. It's possession. It's passion. It's appearance. It's academics. It's athletics. God does not want us to be conformed. God wants us to be transformed. Not into the world's value system. God doesn't want us to be like everybody else. He wants us to be who he made us to be. But here's the kicker, parents. Lots of times, often, parents want their kids to conform to the world's standards as much as anybody else. You want your kids to be just like all the other kids. You don't want them to be left out. You don't want them to be different. So you conform. You want your kids to be in the normal pattern. I want to tell you something. From what I read in Scripture, God says, No, I made them in a different way. They are unique. And you and me, we try to conform them so we look good as a parent. That's it in a nutshell. We try to conform so we look good. This is the first step. We must accept our kids, or anybody else's for that matter, of their uniqueness, of their uniqueness completely. How do you know you've done that as a parent, though? It's just something I had to come around to now that Sarah's 25 and, and Luke 21. It's real simple. How do you know when you've accepted their uniqueness? You don't insist that they be like you. That's how you know that you've accepted their uniqueness. When you don't insist that they be like you. You see, We want our kids to want what we want, to like what we like, to eat what we eat. We want our kids to to, to like a sport that we like. We want them to be good at that sport that we like. If we like math, we want our kids to like math. They're not you, they're unique. They're unique. Let me give you a news flash as I'm kind of uh, widening down here. The world doesn't need any more of you. One was enough. Amen. One's enough. One's enough. God doesn't give you children to be mini me's. They're individuals. Conforming just, <coughs> just doesn't come from peer groups. Conforming often comes from parents. First Corinthians 13, 5. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by changing how you think. Changing how you think. If I really love my kids, I don't demand that they like what I like or do what I do. I let them be themselves. I let them be who God made them to be. Remember I told you, dads, moms, one of the best things that you can do for your kids is to become interested in what they're interested in. It shows value. Become interested in what they're interested in. But a lot of kids are getting this message today. They're getting it. I hear it from them. I can't be me. Everybody wants me to be them. can't be me i gotta dress a certain way i gotta comb my hair a certain way i'm supposed to do this because my dad done this i'm supposed to do this because my mom did this you're not supposed to act that way son you're a preacher's boy girl ain't your daddy a preacher I can't be me we're sending the wrong message you get lost in someone else molding you you get lost in somebody else trying to tell you who you should be the starting point is bringing out the best in others your kids is accepting their uniqueness completely. Amen? That's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to say uniqueness one more time next week. I'm having trouble saying it. Guys, I hope you've learned as much as I have. I wish I had learned this when my kids were small. But it ain't too late. They're still alive and I'm still breathing. So I can still change. Amen? (laughs) Accept them. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for helping me accept my kids' uniqueness. I thank you for helping me understand, even if it was at a later age, that I need to encourage them to be who they are and be who you've created them to be. And Lord, on another note, help me to understand the folks that that I work with are unique. They're different from me. Not worse, not better. Just different. You created them to be that way. Help me to encourage them to be better folks and to serve you in the way that you've designed them. Lord, I love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray. Amen.